Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is Tim Chan. He's the co-founder of So Gay Rosé. Along with his co-founder, Josh Campbell, Tim has taken on an exciting new wine venture with a mission to support the LGBTQ community and redefine the meaning of the phrase, that's so gay. Let's get into the show. Tim, thanks again for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk about your journey to creating So Gay Rosé. Um, but first, can you tell me a little bit about your career background? Sure. My name's Tim Chan, and I am an LA-based editor for Rolling Stone magazine. I'm originally from Toronto, Canada, and spent some time in New York. But I've, I've been living in LA for the past nine years or so. So my background's really in journalism. I've worked across print, TV, and I even worked at Snapchat for a little bit. My newest venture is So Gay Rosé, which is a canned rosé wine that really started as a pandemic project, and it's since grown into something really big and hopefully very meaningful. Are you still based in LA or are you living in Austin now? Yeah, so So Gay Rosé was started uh, by myself and my business partner, Josh. So we split our time between LA and Austin. Oh, okay. Got it. Cool. Well, tell me how you and Josh met and where the idea for So Gay Rosé came to be. Well, Josh and I are both originally from Toronto, so we're both mm -hmm. Canadians. And they say Canada is a small world, a small country, and everyone knows each other. And in a way, we kind of do, because we both ended up in L.A. a few years ago, and we met through mutual Canadian friends. And so what's funny is Josh and I actually met at a hockey game, which is like the most <laughs> Canadian thing ever. For sure. And we quickly bonded and became fast friends. And so we've been hanging out a lot. And just prior to the pandemic, we were out drinking one night at a really great uh, rooftop bar called The Proper Hotel in uh, Santa Monica, California. And we were drinking rosé, which is my personal drink of choice. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking about how there wasn't a really good rosé that we both liked. And I sort of came up with this idea for a name called So Gay Rosé. And it just sounded funny, right? Like So Gay, Rosé, it rhymes. We never thought much about it. Um, but the next day, Josh was like, hey, do you remember that conversation we had last night about So Gay Rosé? I think that could be a really interesting business idea. Let's try it. And the, literally the next day, we're like, okay, let's try it. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, we don't have much going on. Let's see what happens. Let's make this a fun side project and see where it goes. The name is so good. It's almost like how has no one thought of it before, right? It just kind of really makes sense when you hear it and when you see it. Yeah. And from working in journalism, you know, working at Rolling Stone magazine and all these other magazines I've worked on before, um, having a fun name or headline is always so important. Mm -hmm. And so I guess So Gay Rosé came naturally to me because I'm always thinking about fun headlines and names anyway. Um, but I never really thought we could turn it into a real business until I met Josh and he was really sort of the business mind behind it. 
and the inspiration to really try turning it into a real brand. Mm, awesome. Well, I know you're still working in your journalism role, so I'm curious, like, how are you and Josh balancing your respective roles at the companies you work for while growing So Gay Rosé? Well, it's definitely not easy. You know, I have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Josh also works on a bunch of different brands, whether um, as a CEO or an advisor. So we both have our hands full with a lot of different projects. But I think what's been great about So Gay Rosé is it's the first project that both of us started from scratch. And there's no one else involved. We don't work for a big corporation or company. It's literally the two of us working on this brand. And so when you have something that you really enjoy and you really love, you make time for it. And so in our case, it's a lot of early morning calls and late night calls. So most of our calls, if you look at my So Gay Rosé calendar, they're always like 7.30 a.m., 8 a.m. You know, before I have to go to my day job, we get all of our So Gay Rosé calls done. And then when I'm driving home from work, usually the first person I call is Josh. And I'm like, hey, you know, what are we going to work on? I I'm done my day job. What do I have to work on tonight for So Gay Rosé? So it's a lot of kind of finding the time before and after our day jobs. And you find the time because you love doing it, right? Obviously, with something like that, that's outside of work or something that maybe starts as a side hustle, if you're not really passionate about it, it'll feel like a chore. You won't make so much time. But when you're actually like excited to work on something, I can see that, you know, why you would make time for it. Yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of people come home from work and they're like, gosh, I can't wait to make dinner <laughs> and watch Netflix and then go to sleep. For me, I'm excited to come home from work and work on So Gay Rosé, my other baby, because it's something that I'm so passionate and excited about. I would almost feel like I'm wasting my time if I came home and just watched TV. I would feel like, man, these are two hours that I could have been working on building the So Gay Rosé brand and, you know, finding more things to do with that job. So I'm really excited to come home and work on it. Well, I read um, that the company name was partly inspired by your journey to self-love and acceptance. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about the meaning behind the name So Gay Rosé, other than, you know, it's super catchy and it rhymes and it goes with your branding. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question because that's so important and it's almost more important than the actual wine itself. When I was growing up, when someone said, oh, you're so gay or that's so gay, it was never meant as a positive. It was always a negative phrase. So you would say like, oh, I read this book, but it's so gay. Or like, oh, this movie is so gay. And you meant, what you meant was, it's so bad. And so if you're someone who's actually gay, like myself, back then I was in the closet, I wasn't out yet. Hearing these negative associations with the term so gay really does a number on you. You feel like, wait a second, I'm gay. Does that mean it's bad? Like they just said that this restaurant is so gay but they meant it in a negative way. Like, should I be feeling bad about myself? Like, is it a negative thing to be gay? And so I really kind of let that affect me for a long time. And especially because I wasn't out yet, you know, I really let these phrases uh, hurt me in a, in a bad way. And so when I got older, you know, now that I'm out and, you know, I, I have my career and my friends and you know, all this stuff, I'm like, wait a second, I want to do something for those kids who are still struggling with being gay and you know, being called names or being um, bullied. And I want to show them that being so gay is actually so great. It's something positive that you can embrace. And so the name is super catchy. It's fun for Instagram and all that stuff. But it's really about turning a phrase that was a negative thing and making it into something positive and something we can celebrate. I mean, in a way, you're kind of reclaiming it, right? Making yeah. it a powerful word. <laughs> yeah. 
Tim is showing me the label and drinking some rosé as he should while we're recording. Um, but I think it's so cool that you're like making it something that's empowering and fun. Well, it's also about showing kids, whether you're gay or straight, but it's also showing kids that you can aspire to be a business owner. You know, when I was growing up as a closeted gay kid, my role models that I had to look up to were like Lance Bass from NSYNC or Jack <laughs> from Will and Grace or maybe Neil Patrick Harris, you know, the actor. So I thought if you're gay and you come out, the only thing you can do is maybe be a singer or actor or, or model. And I didn't know you could also run businesses and run wine companies and build brands. And so part of doing So Gay Rosé is also being like, yes, it's fun, it's a wine company, but we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs. And whether you're gay or straight, that's something really inspiring to show people that you can aim for this in your future career. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And I know that you all launched in 2021. So about a year after the start of the pandemic, um, I'm sure you like encountered some challenges. Everyone knows how crazy the supply chain was. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the challenges you may have encountered and how you overcame them during this unusual time? Well, one of the most surprising things to me was how expensive it was to get cans. You know, the wine itself was relatively easy to get. We visited a bunch of different wineries across California. We tasted a ton of wine, which is not a bad job to have. So we tasted wines until we found something we liked. And then we bought wine from a family-owned winery um, that we really wanted to support. But the hard part was getting cans to put the wine in. Because at that point during the pandemic, everyone who was making cans or containers had pivoted to making hand sanitizer and disinfectant. And so the prices had gone up because everyone was bottling or canning these like cleaning and disinfectant supplies. And so we couldn't get cans for the wine. And so that to me was sort of the most surprising thing because you would think like, oh, the wine is the hardest part of it. The wine was actually the easiest part of it. It was getting the cans and then getting packaging and things like that. Um, but what was interesting about the pandemic was it really showed us that a lot of things can be done online. We actually launched So Gay Rosé online at first before we even got to any stores. So you can even buy it online right now. So if you go to SoGayRosé.com, you can buy our wine and we'll deliver it. Whether you're in Austin, whether you're in uh, Miami, New York, Chicago, we deliver it to almost every state in the country. And that was something that came about from the pandemic because we couldn't go to stores, we couldn't go to bars. So if you wanted something, you had to purchase it online. And that was a really great push for us once we got the product um, to be like, listen, we want a product that people can buy online so anyone can get it no matter where they live. And where where is your wine from? Like what part of California? So our wine is from a small town called Oakville, California. It's located in the Central Coast, which is a very famous winemaking region in California uh, next to Santa Barbara. And how long did it take you all to narrow down your rosé? Oh, gosh, we probably tried like 20, 30, 40 bottles or varietals of rosé. Not all not all on the same night, of course, <laughs> but we tried a lot of different varietals. Um, and it was interesting because when you think of a name like So Gay Rosé, most people would be like, oh, it's going to be super sweet. It's a gay wine. So it might be super <laughs> sweet or light and fruity. And I purposely wanted to bucket the stereotype. I'm like, you know, gays come in all different sizes, shapes, colors, facets, we're not all the same. So I didn't want our wine to feel like a stereotype. So we purposely found a wine that had zero sugar, high alcohol content on the drier side, on the tart side. So instead of getting like super sweet, 
sugary fruit, you get more kind of like citrusy grapefruit, more tart notes. Instead of having something that you swallow and you're like, oh, that was so sugary sweet and you, it makes you pucker. This is something that goes down really easy. It's just really easy to drink, but it also packs a punch. It's definitely something that if you drink a lot of it, you'll feel it. And <laughs> I purposely chose a wine like that because we wanted it to be something that's completely the antithesis of what you would expect a cliche gay wine to be like. It's unfortunate that there is that stereotype, but I think it's so cool how you're purposefully making it something that people wouldn't expect. What has been some of the reaction from like your customers and your friends and colleagues? Well, I think when Josh and I first told people we were doing it, actually, let's backtrack. Josh and I actually didn't tell people we were doing it. Mm -hmm. So we didn't announce it or tease it until we actually launched and until the website was up and you could buy it. One of my pet peeves is when people are starting projects and they just talk about it for years and years and they never launch it. And then you're like, hey, like what's happening with your wine brand? And they're like, oh, I swear it's coming, it's coming. And I'm like, you said that six months ago. Or, or it's like, you know, in LA, everyone here is working on a book or a movie or, or something. And you're like, when is that movie coming out? And it never comes out. And so for us, we were very cognizant of that. We didn't want to be all talk and no action. So we actually didn't tell any of our friends that we were doing it until literally the day before we launched. We sent out an email to be like, hey, Josh and I just launched the wine. We would love it if you went online and bought it. And to our surprise, almost every single friend that we emailed went online and bought it. I think something that um, hopefully your listeners can, can think about is a lot of times we want to support our friends and we're like, great, we would love to try your wine. Send us a box. But what's, what you're doing is you're putting the onus on that business person or your friend and it's costing them to send you a sample. If you really want to support your friends, like it'd be really nice for you to actually buy it and pay for it. Um, and that's how you can support them with your wallet. Or at times a lot of friends would be like, I'll like your Instagram post, but that's not really supporting the brand. It takes you like a second to do that, but really showing your support with your wallet um, and with word of mouth and, you know, telling people about it, that goes a long way. So we were very lucky that um, all of our friends did that for us. Is there anything else about the wine industry that you were surprised to know about when you started creating this business? Well, look, for a long time, wine was considered something for the elite. Only rich people drank wine. Only maybe a very upper middle class you know, population drank it. It was a very white dominated space. You don't see a lot of Asian winemakers, let alone Asian and gay winemakers. And so that was a little bit surprising. You know, we don't have a lot of allies in the winemaking space. And not because people have been mean to us. Everyone's been super supportive, but it's because there just isn't anyone else really like us. Now, since we started, I've met a lot of other Asian winemakers and um, I've yet to meet a gay winemaker. I think we're, I think I'm supposed to meet one soon in France. Um, but, you know, it's still a very niche industry if you're gay and, and or Asian. And so that didn't really surprise me, but it's something that I, I was aware of and we're definitely trying to build more representation in this space. Another really cool thing about your brand, you all support an LGBTQ organization. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so it's very important for us to give back to the community. You know, um, this is not about becoming super rich and becoming a millionaire and doing all this stuff you know, I still have my other job that pays my bills. Like, you know, we're still working multiple jobs. 
but this is really about kind of like a love letter to the queer community and a love letter to queer kids like myself who grew up not having representation. And so something that was important for us was to find organizations that we could give back to. And not just in a way where you say like, oh, we'll give you like 10 bucks or hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, but really finding organizations that have a connection to us. And so what we've decided to do was, you know, in every city that we're sold, we're trying to take meetings with different LGBTQ organizations there so we can get to know them and support things that are happening on the ground in cities where So Gay Rosé is sold. And so 10% of all proceeds from our sales will go to a, a queer organization in whatever city that wine is sold in. So in Austin, you know, there are a bunch of organizations we're supporting in Austin, LA, Miami, New York, you know, also if any of your listeners are listening and, you know, you have great organizations that you think we should be working with, like DM us or shoot us an email. And um, we'd love to find more people to partner with. That's amazing. Consumers really appreciate when the businesses they support also like give back to the community in some way. But also doing it in a way that um, is genuine, right? Like, right. you know, some people would be like, oh, I donated $100 to the Cancer Foundation. And it's like, but what's your connection to that? Or why are you choosing this organization? For us, it was really important to choose organizations um, that we have a connection with. You know, one of them is the Trevor Project, and they work with a lot of youth who deal with uh, mental health issues, who maybe struggle with bullying, um, struggle with just having a voice, you know, and, and finding their voice. And so that's an organization that I've used myself before. And so that was one of the ones we decided to work with because I'm like, I have a connection to this organization. It's not just Googling gay charities and then picking the first one on the list. We want to make sure that it's actually people that we A, have vetted or B, have a personal connection to. Yeah, and I think that usually comes across when organizations are kind of performative. You know, we kind of see every Pride Month, they'll turn their logos to rainbow. And it's kind of like, what actually are you doing, though, to support these communities? Well, that's a really great point, too. You know, something that we've been talking a lot about in recent months and recent years is this idea of rainbow washing, which is every year when Pride rolls around, a bunch of straight corporations will slap a rainbow on their products, and all of a sudden, they magically care about the gays. And with So Gay Rosé, that's not what we're about. You know, A, I'm an actual queer person who's running the brand, and B, we like to say we're queer all year. You know, we're not just gay in June. Like, we're here July, August, September, Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever. And so sometimes it's a little disingenuous when companies do this rainbow washing, because it feels like they care about us for June, and then July 1st hits, and all of a sudden they're on to the next cause or the next group they want to help. And so I would really encourage people, whether you support Soge Rose or another queer owned brand, is like do the research to make sure you're actually supporting a brand that is queer all year, that is backing up their talk with action, and that is really helping the queer community as opposed to doing something that's just performative. Yeah, that's the best way to make an impact. Do you all have any exciting projects or events you're doing for Pride for Pride Month? We do have a couple of things for Pride, but I'm encouraging companies, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to partner with us, I would encourage you to like, let's do something in September. You know, again, just because it's Pride doesn't mean we can only do things during Pride. Let's do something for Thanksgiving. Let's do a Christmas event. You know, we love to continue the momentum year round as opposed to only focusing on Pride. So definitely stay tuned to our Instagram and our website. We have a couple of fun things for Pride, but we also want to make sure that, again, we're queer all year and that we're supporting the community year round. That's such a good point. 
Another really exciting company update I saw is that now there is Soge Chardonnay. Can you tell me how that came to be and what people can expect? Well, this is breaking news. You're the first to find <laughs> out about it. We literally just test launched, soft launched something called Soge Chardonnay. Also really fun, also rhymes. Um, so it's a canned Chardonnay and it's super light and crisp. A lot of times you think Chardonnay is going to be really buttery and oaky. We wanted something that's really refreshing and easy to drink. It also comes from Central California. And Central California is actually very, very well known for its Chardonnay. Um, they make incredible Chardonnay here. And so we thought it'd be a fun compliment. You know, if you don't like rosé, that's okay. You'll love our Soge Chardonnay. And that should be available for sale on our website very soon. Amazing. And my mouth is watering just talking about it. I'm, I'm like craving a crisp wine now. Um, can people find that in stores yet, or is it only going to be exclusively online? Yeah, so we're in BevMo, we're in Total Wine, we're in a bunch of mom and pop shops. In Austin, we're in Tiny Grocer. Um, we are in a bunch of other places that you'll see on our Instagram. So we want it to be a mix. We want you to be able to buy it in the big box wine stores. But we also want to support independent grocers and have our, our wine represented there as well. Why did you ultimately decide on canned wine versus bottled? That's a great question. And I think we're not opposed to doing a bottled product. So stay tuned. We might do that in the future. But I think for a lot of people, wine is very um, inaccessible. They think it's fancy. They're like, I don't really understand wine. Like, it's expensive. So in a can, it really kind of takes the intimidation factor away from wine. You know, you drink Coca-Cola out of a can. You drink La Croix out of a can having a canned product really makes it more accessible and more casual. When it comes in a bottle, you sometimes feel like, oh, do I have to wait for a special occasion? Or if I'm at home by myself, am I alcoholic if I crack open a bottle of wine? Like I can't finish that by myself. And then it goes bad because you can't recork it. You know, if you just crush a can of Soge Rosé, it just feels like something that's easy to do and easy to share. Um, what's also great about Soge Rosé being in a can is that it's very portable. You can take it to a picnic, a park, the beach, the boat, the lake. I've even snuck a couple into the movie theaters in like my jacket pockets. Um, you definitely can't do that with a big bottle of wine. So it's two reasons. One, we want to make it accessible and easy to drink. And B, we want to make it easy to share with other people. I mean, I honestly love anything that I can just stick in my bag and carry with me anywhere. By the way, the other reason about our can specifically is our can is actually a smaller size. It is a 187 ml size. A Coca-Cola can, by the way, is 355. So we're roughly half the size of a regular Coke can. And it, that's because our can is equivalent to one glass of wine. So if you're monitoring your consumption, you don't know how much you've drank, one can of Soge Rosé, it's one glass of wine. If you usually do two or three glasses, then you can have two or three cans. If you're usually a one and done, that's okay too. But it's really easy to monitor your consumption. So one can is exactly one glass of wine and four cans, which we sell in one box, is equivalent to one bottle of wine. Now, just for comparison's sake, when you buy other canned wines, they come in the same size as a Coke or Sprite can. And that is the, the equivalent of half a bottle of wine. Oh my so gosh. sometimes you're like, oh my God, I'm holding this canned wine. It's getting warm. It's getting flat. And then you're like, why do I feel so gross? It's because you're chugging half a bottle of wine. So we definitely kept our cans small for a reason. So you can monitor your consumption. You can crush it really easily without it getting cold or stale. And then you can kind of choose how much you want to drink. 
Wow, that's so smart. And it's things that a consumer might not think about just off the bat looking at it. You know, they might see a larger can and think, oh, well, I want more. But you have to think about the quality too and like how much you want to drink. I never really thought about it that way about drinking like half a bottle from a can. That's crazy. (laughs) Well, there's nothing worse also with like holding a can for like an hour and the wine just gets like warm and gross. And you're like, I don't want to drink this anymore. And then you end up pouring the whole thing out. Exactly. I'm curious about the packaging because it's so beautiful. Did you design that or how did that come to life? Yeah, we worked with a designer that um, we know in LA who's also a queer designer and he's Japanese. And um, we gave him sort of some highlights. We wanted something that was pink, but not like cliche bubblegum pink. We wanted something that would stand out on store shelves. Or if you had it at your fridge and your friends came over, it would definitely stand out in your fridge. And we wanted something obviously that was shareable and Instagrammable without being cheesy or too cliche. So we purposely didn't put a unicorn or rainbow on our can. You won't find a single rainbow on our website or Instagram. Um, you won't find any of the so-called, you know, gay motifs or gay tropes. We still wanted it to stand out on its own. Um, even if you weren't gay and you wanted to try it, uh, we wanted the packaging to stand on its own. And we think it's really strong. We think it definitely has a strong visual identity. Um, and it definitely is something that stands out. When I go to store shelves, you definitely notice the pink box and like the big G-A-Y logo. Was there any key business decisions you made during the beginning of this venture that helped the startup process run smoother? Well, we started So Gay Rosé with just our own money, Josh and I. We didn't have a big investor. We don't have a big company that owns us. It's still a very independent company. And then, you know, a few months into our launch, when people started finding out about us, people were interested in investing. And I'm Asian, I'm Chinese. So listen, I will always be about getting more money or making more money. But it was really important to us that we took our money from the right people. So we wanted to build our initial investment from the queer community. We didn't want to take money from someone who might not be connected to the community. You know, we wanted to make sure we had people who were investing money in a cause they truly believed in. And that was a really hard business decision because we had a lot, a lot of people who wanted to give us tens of thousands of dollars for this brand, but we had to say no because it just wasn't the right fit. I didn't feel like these investors would be allies or advocates for the brand. It felt like maybe they were investing money because they saw dollar signs and they wanted to use us to make money. Or it felt like a little bit of that rainbow washing we talked about where um, straight people want to slap a rainbow next to them to show that they care, but they actually don't do much to further the LGBTQ cause. And so that was a bit of a challenge because, listen, when you're starting a company, you need capital, you need money to grow. Um, so for us to turn down money was not an easy decision, but ultimately we funded our first seed round, I would say almost entirely from the queer community or from very close allies of the queer community. And I just go to sleep better at night knowing that, listen, our foundation for this brand was built by people who are actually part of this community. I think that's so incredible. Like you said, when you're starting a business, it seems impossible to turn money away. So I think the fact that you did that is really testament to like your ultimate goal, which is, you know, a meaningful company. What has been the most challenging aspect of taking your business from an idea to reality? And what's been the most exciting? Well, the most challenging aspect has definitely been finding the time to grow So Gay Rosé. 
as you mentioned earlier, both Josh and I have full-time jobs that we love and that we're spending, you know, the majority of our day working on. And so it's hard to kind of dedicate the amount of time you need to really grow and launch a brand. But I do think it's important that we have our other jobs. A mistake that a lot of people make when they're launching a brand is they quit their jobs, they blow all their money, and they put it into this dream project they have. And so you're literally putting all your eggs in one basket. And if that doesn't work out, you're screwed because you have no backup plan. You have nothing left. You put everything into this one project. I really believe in So Gay Rosé, and I think we'll definitely be around for a long time. But it was also important for us to do other things to make sure we had a safety net and a backup plan, that we weren't blowing all of our money on one project. Um, and that's something that was important for us. But at the same time, that's challenging because now we have to juggle multiple jobs at once. Uh, I would say the most exciting thing, though, has been just seeing the response from people. It's not easy, even today in 2022, to be launching a gay brand. As much as you think our country is moving forward, there are a lot of things that have happened, even in recent days, that seem like it's taking the country back. And so putting yourself out there, A, telling everyone that you're gay and you're a gay business owner and you're launching something called So Gay Rosé is definitely not easy. But I do think that the reaction we've seen from people um, has been really, really encouraging. And what I love the most is when it's from people that you don't expect. Like, obviously, all of our friends will support it. Obviously, the queer community will support it. But I love when, like, I meet someone, like, I met someone the other day who was, like, an older businessman. He's a straight man, probably, like, in his 60s or 70s. And he's like, wait, you're the guy behind So Gay Rosé? My wife brought a box home and she gave it to me. I love the rosé. It's so strong. Man, I got wasted after like two cans. And this is a guy that I thought would never, never, ever want anything to do with So Gay Rosé. And he was so excited to chat about it. And he loved the wine and he loved, he's like, I'm going to, you know, crush it with my buddies when we go to the lake next weekend. And that to me is the most gratifying thing because ultimately the gay community isn't its own silo. We, we're part of your community as well. And I think the more we reach out and embrace each other and the more that we support each other, the better it is for everyone. I think that's such an amazing aspect of food and wine and any kind of drinks is it really does bring people together, like since the beginning of history. Um, so I'm so glad to hear that you're experiencing that with the wine as well. And yeah, if anyone listening hasn't tried it, definitely go online and try to get it delivered or find it in a store near you and share it with people who you want to surprise they might like it too what is your ultimate goal for so gay rosé well the ultimate goal is really to create a brand it's not just about the wine but it's about creating a catalyst for conversation we want people to look at the wine um, and be like wait so gay wait isn't that a bad thing or is that a good thing we want people to talk like you might talk because you think it's a funny name and then that gets conversation going you might be sipping a couple cans and get a little bit looser and start talking, but we really want to encourage conversation. And I think ultimately for me, it's also about bridging the gap, like I said, between communities. I don't think just because it's called So Gay Rosé that only gay and lesbian, transgender, however you identify, only the queer community can drink it. I love the fact that that you know, older straight man bought So Gay Rosé. And that to me is the ultimate goal is to use use this brand to bring people together. And you're also kind of breaking stereotypes in a way, like how you said you're giving them something they wouldn't expect with the wine. You know, you're not 
using rainbows all over the place and you're just creating like a good quality product but at the same time showing that the queer community hey like i am a business owner i did this so can you it's a pink can of wine and it's rosé but it's really good rosé that everyone can enjoy whether you're gay straight or whatever Mm -hmm. Do you eventually want to take this on as your full-time job or you plan to continue keeping it as like a side venture that you'll just keep growing? Well, that's honestly something I haven't thought about because I really do enjoy my job, but I think the goal is to grow Sogay Rosé as a company. So whether that means I'm running it full-time or we can hire staff to run it, um, that's definitely something we want to explore. You know, we want it to be more than just wine. We could do events. We could do a book, we could do merch, we could do non-alcoholic drinks. You know, there's so much we can do with this brand. And so that's definitely something that's a goal of ours. Yeah, I could even picture like a So Gay Rosé bar. I think that would be so like so fun. <laughs> Listen, if anyone out there is listening and they want us to sponsor <laughs> So Gay Rosé bar, let's do it. <laughs> well, Tim, finally, I would love to close out by asking you to provide one piece of advice for the audience. So has there been a memorable moment in your career where you feel like you learned a valuable lesson on entrepreneurship? I would say the main piece of advice, and it doesn't stem from a particular moment or not, but the main piece of advice I have is if you have an idea, just go for it. A lot of people doubt themselves, they second guess themselves. They ask for so many opinions that it ends up confusing their train of thought. If you have a good idea, just trust your gut and go for it. I've said this before, but you know, if Soge Rosé ends up failing and I'm stuck with like a thousand cans of wine in my garage, at least I have a thousand cans of wine that I love and all my friends can come and drink for free, you know? But if we never tried doing this, if we never took the leap of faith to try launching this idea, we would never know where it can go. And so the advice I always tell people is, if you have an idea, just go for it. Don't overthink it. Just do it. There's nothing to lose. And it's okay to start small too, right? Like you all said from the beginning, you didn't take on investors. You kind of had a slow progression before doing your seed round. So I think people can learn from that as well. I mean, here's a little bit of a confession for you guys, for your readers. We didn't really make a big business plan. We didn't do a lot of like market research because I almost feel like if we did that, we would have psyched ourselves out of starting a brand. We would have been like, oh, the canned wine industry is oversaturated or, oh, um, there aren't a lot of Asian owned wine brands or there aren't a lot of queer owned wine brands. So we probably shouldn't do it because the market isn't there for us. You know, because we didn't do a lot of initial market research, I almost think that was a benefit to us because we didn't psych ourselves out. We kind of went in a little bit naively, but just going with our gut and with our own belief in ourselves. And that ultimately paid off. Well, Tim, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Please let everyone know where they can find you and So Gay Rosé online on social media and where they can buy your product. Well, I would love it if everyone follows us online at So Gay Rosé on Instagram. You can buy our wine at SoGayRosé.com. And if you're listening today, you can use the code TIMFRIENDS, T-I-M-F-R-I-E-N-D-S, TIMFRIENDS, for $20 off your purchase. So use the code TIMFRIENDS at SoGayRosé.com. And if you want to follow me, I'm just at Tim Chan, that's my name, on Instagram, T-I-M-C-H-A-N. 
Thank you so much to Tim for joining me on the podcast and thank you to everyone listening. If you've been enjoying the episode so far, please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. It helps us a lot with the show and I would love to hear any feedback. I hope you join us next week for a new episode of Office Chats. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.